1: the turn is brought to you by vice golf
0: vice is a german company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price the pro and pro plus were awarded a gold medal on golf Digest's annual hot list making vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award use the promo code turn when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping that's promo code turn golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards what's your vice This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome into another edition of At The Turn. I'm Joe. That's Nick. Nick, you're talking to us from the epicenter of the Inland Northwest, are you not?
2: I'm live from the Fairfield Inn in downtown Spokane, Washington, Joe.
0: Ah, how is Spokane today?
2: Uh, it's great, you know. I haven't been outside today, but uh, yesterday was great. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna- it's actually smoky. There's a lot of fires in the in the area, and uh, so there's a lot of smoke in the air. So it's a little it's a little tough, uh, but we're we're getting through it.
0: We're gonna play through it. So yep, we don't have a guest this week, but we do have a lot of good material to get to. We're gonna talk about the do's and don'ts of attending a golf tournament live. We're gonna talk some pet peeves. We're going to play a new game on At The Turn called Would You Rather. Very excited for that. And, of course, as always, we'll close it out with some Tiger Talk. There's plenty of stuff to get to in the world of Tiger this week. Tiger Talk is hot this week. Red Hot Tiger Talk. But, Nick, I want to start with the best way to do a golf tournament as a spectator. So, I was lucky enough to get out to the LPGA Portland Classic yesterday. We're recording this on a Saturday uh, it was wonderful. It's at a country club in Portland called Columbia Edgewater. And I got to follow Brooke Henderson. By the time you're hearing this, she may have completed her 3 Pete, but she is the back-to-back defending champion of the tournament. And it was really cool watching her. We, we, we got there kind of late. We basically had a happy hour uh, at the Portland Classic, which was really fun. Had a couple beers, walked around, and watched her finish her last four holes come to find out she had a out from the fairway and made back to back eagles like 20 minutes before we got there. So that was kind of a bummer, <laughs> but still really cool to see her. At one point, uh, the gallery was a little sparse because it was late in the day on the Friday on a Friday and it was very hot. And I managed to yell out, go get him, Brooke. And she kind of looked over and was a little bit startled, but acknowledged me. So that was very exciting. Um,
2: <laughs> Good for you, Joe.
0: Yeah, I was pretty pumped. So let's talk about attending golf tournaments in general. So before I get into my whole spiel, I know you went to didn't the Sony Open last year in Hawaii.
2: I did go to the Sony Open. And for me, um, it, it was pretty cool because it was the first live golf tournament I've ever been to. So this is really relevant to me, this topic, mm. because I had to have this debate, like, what's my strategy? I really had to kind of plan it out. So um, what I did was, uh, I, I had recently just moved to Hawaii about six months before that, and there's like 38 golf courses on Oahu, the island I live on. And I was like, man, I gotta I gotta try to play as many of these courses as I can. And the Sony Open is at a course? It's a, it's a private course. You know, they don't let uh, clowns like me just just hack away at their course. So there's no way I'm probably gonna play this course. But I was like, I'd really love to at least walk the full course. So I kind of knew from the get go that I wanted to see the whole course and I wanted to walk 18 holes with a group. Um, so went on Friday and I just tried to kind of pick the best group. And I was hoping for an afternoon group so I could like go to work for a little bit and then just kind of sneak out at lunchtime. And it just so happened that like maybe like a 1245 or one o'clock tea time was Jordan Spieth, um, Justin Thomas and Daniel Berger. And it was the day after Justin Thomas shot 59, obviously Jordan Spieth is one of the best golfers in the world. So I was like, okay, that's my group. So I just walked 18 holes with those three and it was fantastic.
0: Wow. So you just stuck with the one group the whole day
2: one group the whole day. Um, you know, I got some junk food at the turn. Um, you know, I had a couple cold beverages, which was nice. And I just, I just walked the course, um, followed the group. Uh, you know, it took me a few holes to figure out, like, do I want to stand on the tee box when they're teeing off or do I want to stand where the ball's going to land? But, you know, where's the best place to kind of watch from? And I didn't know the course, so I didn't know, like, where they were going to be shooting to and things like that. So I was, was kind of learning on the fly, but it was, it was, I was just having fun with it. So. Yeah, it was it was good.
0: So a quick digression. That was that that tournament is at the Wai Lai Country Club, isn't it? That's correct. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was a Nintendo 64 video game called Wyli Country Club, and the entirety <laughs> of the game was just playing that one course. So I probably know that course better than any course in the world. So I'm, I'm dying to get to it because like 12 year old Joe knows every single bounce on that golf course.
2: Joe, so, this January. Come to Honolulu. Yes. Come to the come to the Sony Open. We'll we'll go
0: walk around.
2: Uh you can you can experience YLI in person.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. So tickets are like seven dollars. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am there. A, a, a plane ticket to Hawaii from Oregon probably isn't seven dollars though.
2: No, it's a little <laughs> more than that. <laughs>
0: so uh yesterday's tournament was probably my tenth. Um I've been to I've been lucky enough to go to three US opens. Uh I went to Uh, a senior tour event up in Washington and the LPGA event I went to yesterday. I've been to a few uh, like charity pro-am kind of things. So basically what I do is when I first hit the ground, I do a lap, right? I kind of get my bearings, see the layout of the course, what kind of fun things they have to do. Like perfect example yesterday, you get into the Portland Classic. There's a big like tent when you get in. And my girlfriend, who isn't necessarily the biggest golf fan in the world, She got a 15-minute massage to start the day. So I thought, oh, great. I got that in my back pocket. That at least buys me three, four hours at the tournament. So that was a really really good way to start. So you kind of check out what's going on. Then you grab a beverage. Doesn't need to be a beer. Uh, I went with water yesterday. It was very hot. The water was delicious. And I like to go to the driving range. That might be my biggest recommendation to people. Hit the driving range first. Now, unfortunately, yesterday we got there too late. Everyone was on the golf course. So there was nothing to see at the driving range. But two of my most vivid memories from golf tournaments uh, are going to the driving range. So back in 2008, I went to the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. The last major Tiger has won up until this point. And I just remember this is... By the time you're listening to this, that, that Tiger, might be out of date. Tiger may have won the Masters by the time you're listening to this. Let's hope. So this is this is pretty golf nerdy of me. But just sitting there and watching David Toms hit wedges, was one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. Every single one was struck perfectly. It was all over the flag. It was amazing. The other experience was at the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay a couple years ago. I watched Sergio Garcia (coughs) hit three woods for like five minutes. The ball flight is like an airplane taking off. It was just amazing to see, just watching him pace three wood after three wood. So um, Again, do a lap, hit the driving range, then Check out the merch at the U.S. Open. There's usually huge merch tents at the Portland Classic yesterday. It was a little bit more modest, but they still had some merch out there. Want to check that out. Then you got to make your decision. Do you go the Nick route? Do you have a marquee group that you want to follow the entire day? Or do you pick a good spot? So at Chambers Bay, it was not great for spectators to walk the course. We were lucky. We found a par three. Par threes are great when you're sitting at the green in the grandstand if you have a decent view of the tee because you can see people come in, you see them hit a full swing, a full shot, and then you can watch them putt, chip, and you can applaud and, you know, maybe you get an ace or a hole-in-one and everyone goes bananas. So
2: I – The other thing about a par three, too, it's easier to know, like – if they're putting for birdie, you know, what what's on the line. If you're just Great watching, point. like, for me, uh, I was so distracted by trying to figure out where I should be and, and who, you know, negotiating the crowd and everything. By the time I got to the green, I'm like, I don't even know if, if this is for birdie, if it's for bogey, you know, like, how important this putt is. So I, I feel like I kind of missed out on some of the drama because I was so engulfed in, like, figuring out where to be.
0: Yeah, because we were... We had an easier time walking the golf course at Torrey Pines. They obviously have a tournament there every year. They were happened to host in the U.S. Open back in 2008. So we had a really cool seat. It was on the fourth green, which the Pacific Ocean is in the background, and it's a long par four. So you get to see the pros struggle to make a par on a very difficult hole in the U.S. Open and the ocean's in the background. So that was a pretty easy choice to make. Now, we did end up following Tiger for a few holes because – it's Tiger Woods. But it was very difficult. I mean, you talk about the galleries at something like, and not to diminish the Portland Classic, but you talk about the galleries at something like that, and then watching Tiger Woods at his absolute apex try to win a major. I mean, the crowd was, I don't know, 30 people deep trying to watch. So while it was difficult to do, just like being a part of something like that was, was pretty spectacular. So uh, again, to recap, I say do a lap, hit the range, check the merch. Find a spot and follow a group. That's, that's, that's kind of the checklist I have of going out to a golf tournament.
2: Yeah, sounds fair. And I would definitely say um, if I was more more of a veteran, like say if I go back to the Sony Open for like the next 10 years, I'm not just going to follow a group every time. That was for me like top of the list. If I have one chance to do it, this is what I want to do. But if I if I'm more familiar with it, you know, if I've got that experience under my belt, I would definitely love to sit on the green of a scoring hole, you know, Drink a, just be drinking beers in the sun and just watch people try to make birdies and eagles all day. You know, I I, I don't now that I've got that you know walking the course experience under my belt. I I want to try some of these other things for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it doesn't get much better than that. Um, so moving on, Nicholas, you made uh, a purchase recently. Am I not mistaken?
2: Um, <clears throat> I made an adjustment uh, oh, recently. So, me. um, yeah. So I had my driver shortened, um, kind of on a whim, not really on a whim. Um, Joe, as you know, the driver is not my best club in the bag. I get into a lot of trouble. I cost myself a lot of penalty strokes. I'm not usually striking it in the center of the face. I, it was so bad to a point where a guy I was playing with asked me if I was intentionally hitting the ground before the ball, cause I was doing it so often. And I was, did you know playing. this guy? unfortunately i do i know oh. he's like he goes dude are you are you hitting the ground before the ball on purpose and i was just like give my, my best death stare <laughs> um <laughs> but it was bad joe and yeah. uh and so i had re- i'm seeing some things about the mini drivers are, are a good solution for people like me who struggle with the driver um it's maybe a little bit easier to hit square so I went to uh, my local shop and was just, I, I asked him about it. You know, I'm a lefty, so it's a little harder for me to just walk into a store and buy a kind of specialty club and a lefty version off the shelf. <laughs> so I just asked him, like, do you guys have any of these things? And the guy said, you know what? Like the the biggest difference between a mini driver, and a, you know, normal driver is the shaft length. I mean, yeah, the club face is, is smaller, but the the thing that's going to help you control it is, is the length of your shaft. and, and, when I got my driver, they, you know, they say they, they're selling these extra yards it's giving you, but um, they say the extra yard or the, the salesman told me the extra yards is coming because they just make the shaft longer, and, and therefore it's a longer arc, and therefore you know, more swing speed, whatever, yada, yada. It gets you a couple extra yards. So really the shaft was already longer than the driver I had been using previously. So the guy just said, you know, cut a half inch off your driver and see what that does. And I thought a half inch, that's not much at all but uh, it actually made a huge difference. Um, I'm striking the ball on the center of the club face so much easier and more consistently with my driver. Um, my, my distance has gone up not because I'm my distance has gone up because I'm hitting it more consistently. Um, if that makes sense.
0: It does. Like, but let me,
2: my top distance, my max distance isn't longer. Uh, like my longest drives before are were longer than they are now, but, they're so much more consistent now that my average is, is better.
0: And you attribute this to the actual change as opposed to some sort of like um, mental hurdle you had with the previous driver.
2: Um, I do, but I will say there's probably a little bit of a mental or maybe, a, maybe there's a little physical adjustment because when I was, when I put my the exact same swing on it, um, it I, I was, I could just feel a lot more spin with the ball and it was, kind of ballooning a little bit. So I, I did adjust and maybe focus a little more on hitting up on the ball. Um, so I think it made me maybe focus on my swing a little bit more, which is maybe also helping, but I would attribute most of the improvement to just being able to control the club face better. Um, I am getting the club face a lot more square because I think it comes around a lot, a little bit quicker. Um, so, you know, I, I struggle with leaving it open at impact. Um, that's still happening somewhat, but it's not as exaggerated and it, and it's, it's a lot closer to being in a better position at impact not to get too technical, but um, yeah, it, it has made, it has been a lot easier to hit. You know, I'm a lot closer to more fairways I'm not, I'm not going out of bounds or hitting into trouble nearly as often. Um, like I said, you're not going to, those ones that really hit on the screws aren't getting out there quite as far as they were before, but from an overall standpoint of, of saving strokes and being more consistent, it definitely has helped.
0: Well, I also made a, a change. I got a new putter. Um, and I think it's kind of the opposite of what you're talking about. A putter to me is obviously, if you have a brand new Scotty Cameron putter, it's going to do better performance wise than an old bullseye that they used in the 60s. But putting to me is so much of it as a mental game. And if you have confidence standing over the ball, you're going to have a better chance than not, than giving it a chance to go in. So I got a new putter and I played back to back rounds the other weekend. The first day I, I probably had the best ball striking day of my life and putted so terribly my buddy said, "Boy, you got to just throw that thing in the garbage." So I was, <laughs> I was, I was not happy about that. The next was that day
2: the same guy who asked me if I was hitting behind <laughs> the ball on purpose. Yeah, we
0: we, we got to find a new playing partner for goodness sakes. <laughs> but the next day I I putted great and the confidence came back. So, you know, look, I've always been a streaky putter. It may continue um, I basically made the purchase because missing anything inside five feet just makes me want – it's it's not fun when you stand over a three-footer and don't have confidence. So the putter has changed that, and uh, that's that's a real positive. So the, the equipment change helped, but I think it's probably more mental than physical, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, definitely with putter too, I, I would definitely think that because um, it is so mental. And, like, I don't know, for me personally, I've never really – blamed my putter on anything. I mean, it's like the, the I don't know. It, it just, in my mind, the putter, the actual club has the least impact of like any club in the bag, like wow, as far as the equipment, I'm not saying that's a fact. I'm just saying in my mind, I just kind of mind. felt that I just felt that, you know, you make a good stroke, the ball going to roll. You're not asking it to get up quick or, you know, shape the ball or anything like that. You know, it's just more feel, you know, what you, what feels good to you. Um, That's just how I've always kind of perceived it, whether that's true or not. So um, having confidence in your putter is definitely probably more important than any of the technology that that they put into it.
0: Well, three putting is one of the most annoying things to me on a golf course. But there are many other annoying things that happen while playing golf. Nick and I are going to go over our biggest pet peeves in golf. So, Nick, we have a little list here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off?
2: Okay. Uh, I mentioned earlier I'm a lefty. You know, I try to mention it as often as possible. So I'm very <laughs> proud of that. Um, but there are some things that drive me nuts uh, when it comes to being a lefty and playing golf. And the first one is when I'm playing golf with somebody who I get paired up with, I don't know this person, and I hit my first shot or whatever shot, and, and they just say, oh. Well, you know why that shot went out of bounds? You're standing on the wrong side of the ball. <laughs> Give me a freaking break. Like, who says that anymore? It reminds me of the movie Office Space where they're like, sounds like somebody has a case of the Mondays. It's like, I, I think you get punched in the face for saying something like that. <laughs> so, I don't know why people think it's funny, but it's not. So just stop.
0: I, in a similar vein, and this is this is a small thing, and a lot of people do it, but so – I'm not a lefty, so when a ball goes left to right, it's a slice. When it goes right to left, it's a hook. When people mess those up and, and someone hits a hook and say, boy, I sliced that one, I just want to <laughs> bring them by the neck. That drives me absolutely crazy. I don't really know why. It's not like that person is doing anything wrong. It's just out of ignorance. They're not trying to say anything like – inappropriate or stupid it drives me nuts though people if you're a right-handed golfer and the ball starts left and goes right it's a slice if it starts right and goes left it's a hook it's a fade when it goes left to right it's a draw when it goes right to left that's all there is to it
2: Uh, thank you well said um my next one is also has to do with being a lefty uh, you know, you're reading Golf Digest, or maybe you're on a YouTube video, or or something like that, and they're giving you swing tips, or maybe you're watching Golf Channel, and the tips and instruction and stuff. They always say, take your right elbow and tuck it under, and and use your left leg and change your balance from your your right hip. And it's like, you know, obviously if you're a lefty, you have to kind of switch all the right and left to right to left and right. Uh, you could easily just say your front shoulder, your back leg, your your front hand, you know, but I'm constantly translating left to right and right to left. And then it seeps into my everyday life. My wife tells me to take a left turn and I take a right turn and she thinks that I'm a two-year-old who doesn't know left from right.
0: (laughs) How about when they have, so I don't know if Golf Digest still does this, but they used to have the pullouts of like a professional golfer swinging bro- broke it down frame by frame and they used yeah, to have phil mickelson in there but they would switch him around right handed and i always thought that is so bizarre there's one high profile left-handed golfer now there's a couple but for phil mickelson for his swing to be shown righties to like for the purposes of a righty to benefit that's going to be so infuriating for a left-handed yeah. golfer
2: give me a break i i'm glad i've never seen that because i would Immediately cancel my golf digest subscription. So, golf digest, you're on notice.
0: <laughs> the dude who pulls out the giant poker chip or the gigantic ball mark and puts it down on the green, get that guy out of here. The purpose yeah. of marking your golf ball. Is so, this, there's not an impediment for someone else trying to putt. If you're putting something down that is so big that it has to be moved like two or three putter heads to the left or right so someone can putt. Get a new ball mark. Use a dime. Use a quarter or a nickel like a normal person. I don't care about your giant souvenir ball mark that you paid way too much for that you have to show off. It doesn't serve a purpose. All you're doing is replacing the golf ball with something that also will cause someone not to be able to putt with that thing on the green.
2: Yeah, and and if they pay $10 for a ball mark, that should cost 25 cents. (laughs) <laughs> jokes on them, but yeah, anything larger than a quarter is ridiculous. You should just use a quarter ninety percent of the time. I can understand if you have, you know, a certain marker that that maybe helps you mentally. Maybe it, maybe it's something that you know is an inside joke. Maybe it takes your mind off a pressure putt and makes you eat, puts you at ease, or something that reminds you of a good time. If it's not larger than a quarter and it didn't cost you more than five dollars, I'm fine with it, but. More often than not, just use a quarter. Just use a quarter.
0: Presumably, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a golf fan. Even more so that we're 20 minutes deep into this episode. However, (laughs) if you are not someone who golfs and somehow you have stumbled onto this podcast and are enjoying it to the point of still listening, I implore you. If someone asks you if you play golf, never, ever reply, I play mini golf. That is the most... (laughs) infuriating response. I don't understand. It's like... OK, if someone asked me if I play tennis, I don't say, well, uh, uh, you know, I play ping pong. No, <laughs> those are two totally different activities. You know what? Everyone plays mini golf because it's a thing you do. That's like by the batting cages and by like bumper boats. Everyone plays mini golf. There's maybe a little bit of skill in mini golf, but it's not like a thing that people go out and do other than like to kill time. It just drives me crazy. If you're at a party and someone asks you if you play golf, don't say I play mini golf. Don't do it. I. I-
2: I actually heard, like, less than two weeks ago, I, uh, I heard somebody give this response. Oh, I, I play mini-golf. What? Like You play mini-golf as, like, a hobby? Like, yeah. If, if you play mini-golf, that's just weird.
0: Yeah. Do you have, like, like a special <laughs> mini-golf putter? I
2: heard to, like, man, it's been two weeks since I've played mini-golf. I got the inch. <laughs> I, I got to go find a new course. Like, that's weird. Like, obviously, if you're, in like, a, at a child's birthday party, then you're going to play mini-golf. But, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. That's weird. Um, Joe, my last one has yeah. nothing to do with being a lefty. <laughs> no, good, good. <laughs> when, when, when I hit a shot that's like 20 yards short of the green and, you know, barely gets in the air, and someone's like, oh, oh good shot. No, don't don't say good shot unless I, like, stuffed it. At least, like, hit a fairway or a green. Don't say good shot just because I didn't shank it.
0: <laughs> well, I have to sort of disagree with you. So, my my mother... Who is a golfer. I think I've said that before in the pod. Uh, One time we were playing in a group with a stranger, and a stranger complimented me on a shot that I didn't think was a good shot for myself. And I said something to that effect, like back to the person. And and this this is a long time ago. I was younger then. And she just sort of pulled me aside and said, Hey, if someone compliments you, just keep your mouth shut and say thank you. So (laughs) perhaps... And look, I don't know if, if it's a situation where, like, they've seen you struggle in the round and they're trying to, like, be encouraging to you or it's a good shot from their perspective. I get that it's annoying, like, to you personally, but I would suggest doing what Mama Simon says and just saying thank you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would never say anything back to them. Yeah. But the yeah. Sa- same thing with staying on the wrong side of the ball. I'm not going to be like, no, you're staying on the wrong side of the ball. <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't infuriate me on the inside.
0: Now, <laughs> the last one that I have is something that I am guilty of. And I I acknowledge that that I do this. I have such a hard time not doing it because it comes from a genuine place. But this leads all the lists of golfers, pet peeves. It's always on there. Rooting for someone else's shot in mid flight. I do this constantly as I am doing it. I recognize like internally that it's something I should not be doing. I cannot stop myself from doing it. And I don't really know how, but if someone roots for your shot in midair, do you find that annoying, Nick?
2: Um, only if I know it's not going to do what they're telling it to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you, you know, if, if, if it's going to come back or if it's not going right. to come back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as soon as you hit it, what it's going to do. So if they're rooting it for to do something it's not going to do, then I'll, I'll, I'll be pretty mad. But if I know, like, I, I hit a draw and it's going to, like, come nicely in it onto the green and they're rooting for it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, watch, just watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> just wait, so it baby. It it depends on, on what it's going to do.
0: <laughs> well, those are all of our uh, pet peeves. I think that's a pretty good list. Um, yeah. We will uh, come back with – A new segment on At The Turn called Would You Rather, right after this. Joe,
2: our At The Turn Facebook promo has come to an end. Anybody who is a fan follower of At The Turn on Facebook is eligible to win a box of Vice golf balls. We are going to randomly pick the winner, and we're going to announce it on Facebook. So be sure if you're following us on Facebook to check us out soon to see if you want a box of Vice golf balls. And speaking of a box of Vice golf balls, if you don't want it, just go to vice.com, buy a box of Vice golf balls, or two, or three, or five, and use promo code TURN, and you're going to get free shipping on those golf balls. Joe, how could that be a better deal?
0: Yeah, I did a little advertising uh, this weekend on the golf course. Um, Vice was nice enough to send us both a box of golf balls to try them out. They had the cool At The Turn logo on there. And it's really... There, there are so many great benefits to the Vice Golf Balls. They So these are the Pro Soft, which I hadn't hit a, a, a soft golf ball for a number of years, but this thing is awesome. The amount of spin you get on short irons, on long irons, really on all your golf clubs is great. I don't lose distance either. I'm still hitting the ball a long way. And even better, when I spray one into the woods... No big deal. We're just advertising at the turn. Someone's going to find that. They're going to like the pod. So just did a little light advertising this weekend. Again, promo code is TURN. You get free shipping. It's a really cool brand. Premium quality balls. Half the premium price. Vicegolf.com.
2: And Joe, I got one more thing to add to that. I uh, was hitting my Vice Pro soft the other day and uh, had like a 90-yard wedge shot. And I hit it in there and – I, while I was in the air, the guys I was playing with were like, "Ooh, oh, like you know, thinking it was gonna be a pretty bad shot it It hit the green and spun back to the flag and they're like, "Whoa, I got some oohs and ahs from the from the guys I was playing with and I, I just kind of you know nodded like I knew that's exactly what I was gonna do the whole time. so i, I got I got some I, I reeled one in close to the pin and uh, and got some applaud for it so those uh, those vice Pro Softs are, are doing work for me.
0: impress your friends with vice golf balls. <laughs>
2: All right, Joe, would you rather? It's a new segment on At the Turn, and we're going to kick it off with Would you rather win the FedEx Cup or win the Players' Championship?
0: Yeah, this is a really interesting question. So, in research for this, I didn't realize everybody who makes the FedEx Cup playoffs gets some sort of bonus. Like the guy who finishes 125th makes a few extra thousand dollars. If you finish in the top three, you at least get. 1 million extra dollars. And of course, if you win the FedEx Cup, you get $10 million. So I'm going to make the case for the Players' Championship. If you win the Players' Championship, that is the biggest purse in golf. So this year, the winner got almost $1.9 million. You also get a five-year exemption on the PGA Tour. You get to go to the Masters for the next three years. U.S. Open for the next three years, the Open Championship for the next three years, and you get to play in that year's PGA Championship. So, to me, all the exemption stuff outweighs the $10 million because even though you're winning $8 million more, you're going to be around a lot longer, right? Just winning the FedEx Cup means you get a big check and a cool trophy and you're going to have a really Merry Christmas. But... (laughs) I would take all the stuff that comes along with winning the players,
2: yeah, this for me is 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 a no doubter no brainer, not even a question. I would rather win the players championship um the fedex cup to me is so i mean the money aside like obviously if 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 you're a if you need the money, great ten million is better than one point nine million I'm not, <laughs> not saying that, but I mean if you make one point nine million and you you're gonna be on tour for the next five years there's a good chance you're gonna uh make a living playing golf. You know what I mean? That, that part is probably gone worrying about where you're going to going to be playing next year. But the FedEx cup to me is just so anticlimactic. And I know we're going to talk about it on a future episode, but I don't know. It doesn't really feel to me like winning like a season championship. I don't know. It's just the players is much more memorable. I could probably tell you the last five players champions. I could not tell you, probably more than two of the last five FedEx Cup champions. Um, I don't know. Playing in all those majors the next few years, it's just the prestige. I think if you win the Players' Championship, you now have the confidence that you're like knocking on the door to win a major and, and be in that category. Um, the FedEx Cup, I'm not sure, has the same effect. I know they try to build it up like it does, but I'm just not buying it.
0: Well, Nick, I'm uh, curious – you said you could probably name. Uh, don't make me do it right <laughs> now. Joe. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I was like, hmm, I wonder if Nick could name the last five players champions. Um, I, I mean, ex- I know
2: Ricky. I know Tiger won one. Who won, uh, who did who won Sergio this year? Win one?
0: Who who won this year? Wasn't it Siwoo Kim? I'm pretty sure it was Siwoo
2: Kim. I don't know. Oh, it was. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it was, because then he was flying coach the next day. <laughs> yeah. I remember that picture on Twitter. And
0: dude dude missed, like, every single cut before and every single cut after, but he lit it up for one weekend. I, I, I love it. So, okay, that wraps it up for the first edition of Would You Rather? A clean sweep, Nick and I would both rather win the Players' Championship than the FedEx Cup. Nick, before we get to Tiger Talk, you know— This was just rattling around in my brain. I am taking a boys trip to Central Oregon in a couple months and kind of starting to plan that out a little bit, map it out what golf courses we want to play. And the thought entered my head. What golf course do I want to play the most that I haven't had the chance to yet? Obviously, we got to take Augusta National out of the conversation because that's in a category by itself. Obviously, well, I shouldn't speak for you. Would that be your number one? It, w- it would definitely
2: – it would be probably number one, yeah. If yeah. not number one, yeah, it would be number one for sure.
0: So besides Augusta, what would be the golf course that you haven't had a chance to play? Because you've played some nice ones in Hawaii since you've been there. Besides those golf courses, Augusta, what course do you want to play the most?
2: Um, I, I would say Bethpage. Um, I'd love to bring my A game to some of these public U.S. Open venues. Um, and Beth Page Black isn't the only one, but but I would love to just be on top of my game and just see what I could do out there. Um, and, and you were telling me, and, and I read about it, how you have to like basically sleep in the parking lot and just kind of get there. I think that whole experience is is kind of you know half the fun and half the memories of it. And I'd love to just you know sit in a van with my boys for for five hours in the middle of the night waiting for our tea time. And, I don't. Know, I just feel like that would be a really cool experience. Um, it, it, playing the course, like I said, playing some of these U.S. Open venues that are that are public courses that are tough to get on and, and a huge challenge. I just think that would be a really cool experience.
0: Yeah, and of course T- Tiger won the U.S. Open on, so that would be <laughs> that'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking of a place, Tiger won a major championship. I think my number one, besides Augusta, I considered Pebble, but uh, I don't know. Pebble is beautiful and memorable. And obviously you're on the ocean and all the holes are iconic. And I think the general public has a pretty good grasp of that golf course just because they have a tournament there every single year and the U S open sporadically, but I would go with St. Andrews, man, the home of golf. There are lots of cool golf holes there. I really enjoy links golf courses because you can kind of spray the ball a little bit, which is conducive to my game, but being able to, you know, try to drive the 18th green or the road hole where you have to hit it over the hotel. And all this cool stuff, all the bunkers that are out there, it's the stinking home of golf. Like, I think the conversation starts and ends there. So, for me, it would be uh, – it, it'd be St. Andrews. That, that'd be the golf course I want to play the most.
2: Yeah, I can't argue with that. And that'd be pretty cool, you know, someday to, to take a trip over over the pond and, and hit that course and a couple others. That would be uh, the trip of a lifetime. So, maybe someday, Joe.
0: Yeah, doing the whole uh, Scotland tour on a golf trip—that would be the, that would be spectacular. So, Nick, yeah, Nick, we got to do it. We got to do Tiger Talk. We're not going to belabor the first one because you know this is a family show. I'm not trying to earn the explicit tag on Apple Podcasts today. We haven't <laughs> had it so far, but my goodness, uh, there, there, they're, I shouldn't laugh because someone you know invaded Tiger's privacy. The man's phone was hacked. There are pictures of him and Lindsey Vaughn apparently nude on the Internet. Um, t- Tiger is going to sue these people into oblivion, which I think is kind of hilarious. Uh, I don't know why anyone would go after Tiger Woods, who, despite his you know fall from grace over the last decade or so, and especially over the last year, the man is still very powerful. I wouldn't mess with him like he could do some serious damage to people uh so not 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 good for tiger
2: yeah that's that's disappointing that that happened. I think it was actually lindsay Vaughn's phone that was hacked. I mean, I could be wrong, but i think I think that's what I read, but either way it's the same it's the pictures that are out there, but um yeah don't don't go after it. people who do this it's so it's so just dirty, like yeah, what are you doing? Don't do that you know what I mean like imagine if that happened to you or me, you know like if those that would, imagine how you would just. Wake up feeling. That would be terrible, man. Yeah, like don't don't do that, people. There,
0: there, 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 are people out there who, like, that came out like a couple years ago when like all the celebrities' nude photos mm-hmm. were put out there. I just can't imagine. Like, what do you hope to gain by doing that? You're invading people's privacy. It's totally illegal, immoral, unethical. Everything you could say about it. And like, what benefit is there to put that out there? I, I, I guess it is to understand. Like the gratification that someone could possibly get for doing something like that. But then again, we aren't people who are going to do stuff like that. So that's why we can't understand it.
2: Yeah, that's true. So, Nick. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah,
0: Nick, the internet was a buzz recently and not with nude photos. Something much more tantalizing happened. Tiger Woods posted a video of himself hitting a pit shot in slow motion, and it was a thing of beauty. I mean, the ball was struck very crisply. Um, it was exciting to see of course everyone lost their minds because Tiger was hitting a golf shot um before we get to Tiger's latest comeback attempt, I gotta break down what he was wearing in the video so
2: <laughs> I love that that's your birthday
0: <laughs> Tiger chose and again, I don't know if he is like in his backyard on his private property if he's at you know. The golf course that is adjacent to his house, or where is he? But he is—he is hitting a pit shot. He's in a—he's—I'm he's, looking at the picture now. He's in a a cutoff T-shirt. It's not like it's a bro tank. Like he didn't go to American Eagle and buy a shirt. This is an actual T-shirt. You can tell the sleeves are frayed. This is an actual T-shirt that Tiger Woods cut the sleeves off with scissors, looked at himself in the mirror, and was like, okay, I'm ready to go work on my short game. On his bottoms, he's wearing Oakland Ra- Excuse me. They- no, there's still Oakland Raiders this year. He's wearing Raiders basketball shorts. And the, the the Raiders the Raiders sent a tweet out with the tiger picture. It's just that something like "sweet shorts, bro." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's wearing like athletic shoes. So I don't really know where the the choice of attire came from. Um, a lot to break down in this video, Nick.
2: Well, here's here's my take. And I love how we're not even breaking down the video, but but he was probably sitting on his couch, you know, just doing whatever. Got a call from his doc and was like, yeah, uh, the results are in. You you can hit pitch shots. And he just, that's just what he was wearing. And he just jumped outside onto his green outside his house this, set up the tripod and started pitching away. Um, I don't know if that's what happened or not. but Yeah. Um. Is Tiger by
0: himself? Do you do you think Tiger is by himself or, like, he has a homie that is actually taking the video? Or does he, like, walk out to the golf course with his shag bag, his wedge, his tripod, <laughs> and his GoPro to it's set so up the situation? Because
2: I, I, that's what I do. I, I'll just, like, show up to, like, the, the chipping green and, like, my workout clothes and then, like, you know, I'll prop my my camera on my bag or whatever, and just hit record. And like, the more we learn about Tiger, the more I think he's a kid just like me.
0: <laughs> Tiger has the same habits as like, Nick Heidelberger. There, I love it.
2: There's like an eighty percent chance it's his like nine year old son shooting that video. Oh,
0: totally. It's it, it's it's totally his kid. It it really is. And also, which
2: other... I love, I love that.
0: <laughs> no, that is great. Some 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 father. It's not time. like it's
2: Mark Steinberg out there shooting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> his
0: agent. Yeah. No. So. <laughs> Uh, I also love that Tiger Woods has a doctor that is so specific in his recovery. He's like, you know what, Tiger? Full wedge shots were probably not there. Those little 30-yard pitch shots, go for it, Eldrick. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious yeah. to me. Um, so, How many times did you watch that video? Today? No, just
2: just. Just ever.
0: I mean, we're probably. <laughs> we posted it. It was posted yesterday from when we were recording, and I would say I'm probably in the neighborhood of like 24 times at this point.
2: Okay. Yeah. I, I'm in the double digits for sure.
0: <laughs> it's exciting to see. And um, the last the last little bit of Tiger news um, Steve Stricker is the President's Cup captain, and Tiger is going to be an assistant captain. And Steve Stricker put it out there that Tiger Woods being the President's Cup, which I think is at the end of the month, is going to be his latest. Comeback attempt at least comeback in the sense that he's going to be back in the professional golf world and it got me thinking this has been something that's been rattling in my head for a while. I like the idea of Tiger sort of becoming a public mentor and figure in professional golf. So, you know, when Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, obviously their careers have lasted longer. I'm not saying Tiger's career is over, but since it has been so long, since Tiger has been a competitive professional golfer, I think it's important for him to stay in the public eye in a professional golf sort of circumstance, as opposed to all the salacious stuff that has been surrounding him recently. It's just going to be... And I don't really know in what capacity. Like, does he help coach players? I know he's not going to get into media. Stuff like this is good, though. I think we need more things like this for Tiger to get involved with. The President's Cup, perhaps. uh, I I know he hosts a tournament on the PGA Tour. Maybe he takes up a second one. I know he's getting into golf course design. That sort of stuff, I'm glad, is getting momentum for him.
2: For sure. I think the President's Cup thing... I don't really think it's news that he's going to be part of it. Cause it was kind of news a year ago and it's just more like this is still on. But I think, I think um, since a lot of the guys that he's kind of, that are on are going to be on that team, I think they realized they wouldn't be where they are today. If it wasn't for tiger, they grew up idolizing him. They tried to work as hard as him and now they're the best in the world. And now they're be able to make a, a great living because of, how much attention he brought to the game. I think they really want to play well for him. I think they want to do right by him. Um, his presence there probably really, really motivates them, and really, probably reminds them to, to take a lot of pride in what they're doing. Um, so I think just just his his presence, and like you said, him being a mentor, is probably really important for those guys.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited to just see Tiger back in a professional golf atmosphere. Um, Nick, I think that's I think that's our program. I think that's it. That's
2: an episode. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, what are you doing in Spokane today?
2: Uh, I'm here with the University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine soccer team. We've yeah. got a big game at Gonzaga tomorrow. So i going to go to a little practice, uh, eat some lunch, hang out with uh, with an old buddy, and, um, you know, try to do some work, publicize the team a little bit. That's my job. So uh, keep keeping busy.
0: I like it. Sounds like a solid day. Well, uh, we have some very exciting guests coming up this fall for At The Turn. Stay tuned for those coming up in the next few weeks. Also, promo code TURN, T-U-R-N. Go to vicegolf.com. You get free shipping on your golf balls. They are really high-performing, and they're a lot cheaper than the Schmeidelists and, you know, the, the, <laughs> those those kinds of companies. The <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you next time at The Turn. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.